0: Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. I'm Shannon Keegan, marathon swimmer, wife, mom, and coach at Intrepid Water. In this, our second episode of what was then called Virtual Swim Practice from way back in April 2020, a small group of us gathered to talk about how we missed swimming. This was in the early days of the pandemic, but Louise's message of grieving, handling hard situations, Getting community, setting goals, and the essence of these times. Training your brain for the marathon, that may be swimming for some, but is life for so many of us these days, rings just as true today. A well-traveled ice and marathon swimmer, the founder of the Penharon Open Water Swimming Club gives me goosebumps in retelling of her swim around the Statue of Liberty and explains how she pursued coaching to support her husband's desire to join the open water scene, if that isn't ever romantic. We also build a reading list for you. I hope you enjoy this episode. So today, Louise is our guest. Can you tell me, Louise, what is your favorite place to swim? Um, first, I have to congratulate
1: you. Your questions are awesome. They're epic. Oh. And um, So it's interesting. I thought about it. Um, and I have to say, I, I, I've i swum in some of the most amazing places, as all of you have. And the more I think about it, I don't know that I could pick one favorite place. I think because when I when I thought about it, It has so much to do with why I'm swimming, where I'm swimming, who I'm swimming with, if I'm by myself or with a group. And I'm also a very, there's certain parts of the day that I love to swim. I love the afternoon sun. I just love when that sun is setting and I can see it on my shoulders and I'm swimming. So I could be swimming in the crappiest lake, dodging logs and leaves or in a big ocean. But it's that time of the day and the people that I'm with. So it, I, can't, I can't really pick a favorite favorite, although some of the, the places I've swum were just exquisite. And I know there's a million that I haven't swum in yet. So yeah. I think I would have to say my favorite thing is who I'm swimming with and when I'm swimming. I won't pick a, a body <laughs> of <one. laughs> So I kind of didn't answer your question. That's
0: OK. That's okay. I refuse I- to answer. <laughs> Um, do you have any all-time favorite events that you've participated in?
1: Um, you know, it's funny. I think my favorite, my first first favorite was when I did the, the my very first open water swim. I still love that swim. That was the Statue of Liberty. Mm. And I kind of did that on a dare. And a friend of mine said, you know, you can swim around the Statue of Liberty. And I had never even seen the Statue of Liberty. And um, that's just still a moment in my brain that I'll never forget. Um, And I, you know, stopping under her feet and looking up and just, it was just the most amazing thing I've ever experienced in my life. You know, with Manhattan in the background. I love swimming around Manhattan. I love the swims I've done around Manhattan. Um, But I think the one that I did the most, I did the North Channel in July and that was great. But I'll tell you, I went and I did um, Ned Dennison's camp in Cork. I love swimming in Ireland. Around that little
0: island
1: in San yeah. Cove. Yep, yep. So I think that was that was probably my favorite. And again, the people. It was the people um, yeah. that really make it. And, and not just the swimmers, the, the the little kids that are sitting on the wall watching us do what we do. Wow. And the commie- like the little ladies that serve us sandwiches. And that's why that made it so cool. Absolutely lovely. Yeah
0: so that was cork distance week that you're
1: that's cork distance week yeah and but you can go even you know the funny thing is and that again is what i love about the open water community i think all of us do i love getting in touch with the fact that there are people that do this all around the world We don't know their names they're not big swimmers they're just ordinary people i mean that's what i want to be i want to be that 90 year old woman who toddles down to the lake and jumps in and people just look at you and go who is that woman you know um in cork in kinsale when when Ned has that there's a whole culture you just see families going down and and swimming there and that's why i think i love it so much you know they don't really care who you are they're just swimming yeah just lovely
0: it's lovely lovely lovely
1: experience
0: that was beautiful that's beautiful i think that answers the next question of, of why Um, I'm curious when that um, Statue of Liberty swim at, like what time of year is that at?
1: Well that was when um, New York City swim under Morty Berger. He used to, I'm going back, I don't know if you guys are familiar with, before um, Dave and Ronnie took over with NYC, with New York Open Water, it was New York City swim and morty was doing that and it's a crazy swim i don't know that they let you swim around the statue anymore urban swim i think does the freedom swim from freedom tower to the statue the logistics were so nutty and um so i really give you know morty did it for years he was a lot of he gets a lot of credit for just all the permits he needed but anyway um the first one i did it was in august and then the second that was late at night we wound up swimming late at night which was not the intention but things as you all know things go awry and you're going to start with the current and then you wind up starting against the current and it's crazy but to that we swam pretty much at dusk and then the following year i did it because hugh you guys um if you don't know my husband hugh started swimming with me too because he wanted to see me His thing is if i don't start swimming i'll never see louise so that's why (laughs) Hugh started swimming But he's really built for a runner. He's a runner. Um, He and I started out running together, and I was always dead last, and he's way in front of me. But I'm faster than him swimming. (laughs) After I got out of the Statue of Liberty, he said, can you teach me how to do that? And I'm like, well, sure. And that's what led to my coaching. That's lovely. Um, Yeah, so this is like the whole progression. So the following year, he swam around the Statue of Liberty as well. We We trained him up. He did the qualifier and that was first thing in the morning and that was a wonderful image because and this is why i love new york i absolutely adore new york we swam at seven o'clock in the morning we got out of the swim and the folks that had to go off to work they went off because we had the island they closed the island for the swim and we all finished and you saw the people that had to go off to work and they went off in a corner and they started getting dressed in their business clothes to go off To go into manhattan and to work they just swam around the statue of liberty and they were like have a great day fred have a great day sally Mm -hmm. okay Uh and they're getting dressed in like three-piece suits and heels and it just was so much fun it was so much fun so they so it always was in the summer at different times of the day but they no longer i don't believe you can swim around the statue anymore but you can swim to her Hmm. and she if you haven't seen her she's absolutely Breathtaking. She's a she's a work of art. She's just beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah, very um, cool. What year, what year was that out of curiosity? That year? Oh my
1: gosh. Well, this is 2020. That was probably 2014. was when I first swam around her. And I've been just doing running up to that point. And I was I'm not an age group swimmer. I just because I always grew up just swimming in the ocean. My mom would throw us in the ocean and we'd learn how to jump waves. And, um, and I just always love swimming. And then this friend of mine who's a goofball said, you know, you can swim around her. And that's when I, you know, I thought, well, maybe I'll learn how to be an open water swimmer. And that's what that. happened here. Yeah, but that was 2014 and then 2015,
0: yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, next question, are you a process or an outcome person?
1: These are great questions.
0: <laughs> Man, okay, holy
1: mackerel. Um, I really thought about that. I'm a process person. I'm a process person. I love the outcomes, but um, I've had a lot of, this is the one thing I'm so glad I, you know, I started like the little support our swimmers group. Um, I failed miserably in, in swims. And I, and I, I shouldn't even say that now I can say it in the, in the moment when I've not completed a swim, it feels like an utter failure. But looking back, it just felt like a failure and um but the process i think is so much more important for me it's not so much the outcome it's looking back to what i put into it and and yeah it's hard to put into words but yeah i'm very processed yeah have you done any research or most open water swimmers process or outcome?
0: I wouldn't say I've done any um, any research of it. I mean, my personally, I've realized Mm -hmm. that really outcome driven, and that I like to develop a process, but not as great at sticking to it. So it's um, that's influenced my um, Mm -hmm. I guess my philosophy and my style. But I've had like since becoming an open water swimmer, I've had a couple kids, and so I've kind of had to Mm -hmm. make it work. (laughs) um, Well,
1: and I I think what's important as a coach. I didn't realize how much I would love coaching and how how good I feel at it. And I think the reason I, I enjoy it so much is the fact that I work with so many different types of athletes, mm-hmm. triathletes, new open water swimmers, seasoned open water swimmers, pool swimmers. We're so hard on ourselves. Yeah. We are so incredibly hard on ourselves. And I think this is one of the reasons that this quarantine and the pool closures I was so afraid, not just of of young,
2: um,
1: I was mostly afraid of the older swimmer. You know, when you go into the pool and you see these 70-year-old women that have been there for 20 years. Yeah. It's the community. Mm -hmm. And it's also the sense that, you know, people are so incredibly hard on themselves. And um, so I just was very fearful of that. And in coaching, I see it all the time. We're so outcome-oriented. We're so driven um, that we miss the joy of the process. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'll tell people, you know, a couple of people that have posted in the SOS page or elsewhere in my life, if you can't swim, it's something, think about what else swimming does for you. It's not just getting in and the arm repetitions and the speed and the outcome, what else brings you joy? And most times, I think people will say, it's the lane mates, it's the community, it's the guy in the lane next to you who's always faster and is full of luster, but you still love him every morning. Or it's the old sweet lady that you see in the locker room every day that says, have a great day, Shannon, or have a great day, Chris. Um, and that's what we need to tap into. And, and it's going to come back. Um, yeah, it's, so, yeah, I, I, I think most of the people are outcome. Yeah. and um, we have to get, we have to keep in mind the part of the process that you do. It. Yeah,
0: yeah, thank you for that, um, for the next question. Um, how do you deal with hard situations?
1: Uh, <clears throat> well, the hardest situation that I had to deal with was um, not getting across the English Channel. That was my heart. That's just one of the hardest in in terms of swimming. I've had personal setbacks that were 10 times harder. But that, that one, I owned. I mean, I had to own it, and I went through, like I think we all are doing right now, you go through a process. Again, the process. You get stuck on the outcome. I didn't make it to France, okay? But you have to process that. And, um... So I went through these big stages of grief, which we're all going through right now. Whether we know it or not, we're all grieving. We've had the denial and the anger. Now we're into the acceptance. And I think recognizing that you will have to allow yourself permission to go through that, as tough as it is. Having a great support system. I'm lucky to have a very, very supportive family. who you know me very well, and you know how crazy mean I can be and hard on myself I can be. I'm the first person that you know I I take things out on. So I think to deal with hard situations is to allow yourself to go through that process, seek support, lean on people and and, and knowing that you'll get through it is just temporary. It's just a temporary thing. And not blame yourself.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, don't blame yourself. If you know if you're you're used to getting up, like Julie's used to getting up at five thirty in the morning and going swimming. And if you're having a rough day, don't beat yourself up over it. It makes total sense. We're used to that habit. It feels so good. Allow yourself to feel bad, but then think of other coping strategies that you can come up with. Yeah. As, as tiny as they may be. Have you guys read Lynn Cox's book, Swimming in the sea? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's the new one, right? Or
1: newer one. Real easy read. And um, so here's Lynn and same situation for... Um, she had this broken heart syndrome and couldn't swim and the only coping mechanism that really started to feel good was literally putting our hands in the sink and just going through the motion.
0: Wow I can appreciate so, that. I used to hate doing dishes but just in the last few weeks I've all of a sudden done all the dishes in the house <laughs> <But yeah. laughs> and we started cooking more and whatever. Baking.
1: Right? I mean this is not to sound Pollyanna but this is giving us a great opportunity to really to think about, yeah, swimming is about the outcome and getting in my yards every day and whittling down my mile by, you know, 20 seconds. It's about so much more than that. It is. It really is. And that's what you got to get in touch with, yeah.
0: The challenge I have, I guess, is, is trying to help impart, like, that perspective. I mean, yeah, that perspective on people. I mean, not, uh, it, like, it's easy to just say it, but, like, how do you make somebody, like, internalize that, right? Like,
3: well, yeah, I
0: can have that perspective and I can feel that way, even though I feel like it would there will be big changes that could come from mm-hmm. this, maybe until
1: developed
0: or whatever. But um, anyway, but it's like so I can have that perspective. But if somebody gets really caught in it and they get really stuck mm-hmm. and they can't mm-hmm. find a routine, you know, how do you kind of guide them to that perspective?
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's always good, like getting a community, setting goals. I mean, the whole thing that we all know, we're great goal setters, set goals. And even if that goal is just going out and finding, you know, water or, 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 or thinking of some other discipline, um, the other thing that, and it's a little bit easier only because I've spent so much time training my brain. Right now, guys, you know, your bodies are trained. The piece that you're really having to train right now is your brain. and um, and that's the hardest muscle to train <laughs> yeah you know your bodies are, are like machines right now and you're used to doing that but right now you're training your brain how to not fall into that that um that trap of just not getting out of yourself you know yeah. so it is hard so now is the this is why you've got to, you've got to turn it around somebody posted something on facebook about Instead of saying you're stuck in your house, you're safe in your house. Yeah. Well, that's a really simple thing to do is just use a different word. That's training your brain. It's training how you look at things, it's training your outlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're great at your bodies are like machines. You're used to training them. You can do that all day long. It's that brain and that attitude. Now that's your job. That's your job. Yep. Yeah
0: again this is just my
1: opinion disclaimer here
0: <laughs> no I it, well I think it's true and it's a and it's a good it's, use, it's a good way to refocus for this time it's like that it's brain training that's what I brain training wrote in my blog post last week or whenever about you know like overcoming adversity and like is a big part of being an athlete and 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 that and like training is part of it, but the mental preparation is a is a huge part of especially being it's a. The hardest thing. Person. It really is, yeah.
1: I mean, that's what they say. You know, when you go to train, when you go to swim across the English Channel. Um, I was completely physically ready for that swim. I got on the boat. I wasn't even tired. It was this. and everybody will tell you that. It's ninety nine percent mental. So it's like we're all swimming the English Channel right now, and we're, we're treading water, and how are you going to get through it? How are you going to yeah. do it? It's the same thing. That's what quarantine is. Yeah. You know, it's like you're stuck in this endless pool of, like, misery, and you're not going anywhere. you got to figure out a way to mentally get out of it. Yep. You can't stay there. It's going to kill you. You can't stay there
0: so then if i was to ask you like we are we do only have eight minutes left um so i was going to do one more question and then who you who you might recommend for a future session so um trying to think which one which question i want to ask um (laughs) how about the uh like how what motivates you to keep going
1: because i love it so much you mean keep going in the in the in the quarantine or keep going what motivates me um
0: well i guess in in the in the general sense like it um so we stick with that just in the swimming vein of like yeah you love it so much how can you see that through so maybe let's start i think
1: i know because i know it's making this and again um this is going to sound really pollyanna but you know i've dealt with so much stuff personally um you know, and I know everybody, nobody's life is perfect. I mean, I had, my husband and I both agreed, we don't know whose family was more dysfunctional, his or mine, you know, we, you know and then raising two kids, that was not easy, and, um, but it made me a better person. It's really true. It's a cliche. It is not the successes that make you a better person. It is the failures the procedure it's the hard stuff this is making us all so much better and that's not to say i wake up some mornings and i'm like i just don't know if i can do it fair game you know it's hard but it's in dealing with the hardship that makes you better and and putting into perspective now all things are relative i mean i know each one of us we are good people and we can look elsewhere and say somebody's having a much harder time than i i get that but don't, don't deny the fact that it's hard for you. Life is relative. So you, you have permission to say, this is hard for you. As hard as it might be for somebody else, it's hard for you. This is making you a better person. Hands down. It's making, making a better member of the community. It's making you a better swimmer, whether you know it or not. and you're not going to forget how to swim. I guarantee you. I, I came off the, the English channel and I swore I'd never swim again. And I don't think I stepped foot in a pool for eight months. And guess what? I can still swim. <laughs> <laughs> you know, your body doesn't forget. It's still there. You're not losing a darn thing. So th- just that's how you can, that's my little thing. This is making us all better human beings. Guaranteed. And I guarantee 100% as much as we hate it. Courage is not easy. Courage is never easy. You know, we all watch the movies and we go, yay, they're heroes. But I don't think there's one single hero that's ever said, yeah, that was fun. <coughs> Courage is not easy. I said that to, um, uh, as a librarian, I'm taking all your time. But anyway, I had this one young gal who was um, transgender. And she came into my office because my office was a safe space. And she came in and it was a horrible, I don't even know how, like, it was horrible. And she just talked and I said, you know what? You're the most courageous person I know. And she goes, yeah, but this sucks. I said, well, whoever said this was gonna, courage is never, ever easy. Jumping off a boat to swim the English Channel or to swim from your little lake in your hometown or to stay in your house during a quarantine or to watch people die until, none of this is easy but it's going to make us a better person. Now I'm getting preachy. <laughs> what?
0: What That's what we need.
1: <laughs> yeah, you need, to, you need to really believe this. This is making me a better person. Whether I enjoy it or not, it's making me a better person. Yeah. I really believe that. So. Yeah, taking the time. And you will swim again. I promise you. I guarantee you. You will swim again. <laughs> You're not going to forget.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I believe it. I've definitely done plenty of leaving and coming back to swimming. So I, I, I know it's like, I think it's even better than riding a bike. It is. mean <laughs> like, gosh because the of feeling when you get back in the water, it just like. That's
1: what we miss. Yeah. We miss the feeling. We miss it. So get in touch with what else in your life can give you that feeling.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Good, good advice. <laughs> um, any recommendations for who we could have next? Oh
1: my gosh, you've already got a great lineup. Who do you have lined up again, Shannon? This is when oh, like, uh, we well, we'll only, we'll only have
0: a Thursday and maybe someday next week for Chris. So um, mm-hmm. there's more dates. So <laughs> I okay. hope we'll be here for a while, so you can send me a list of people.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I I can recommend a couple people. I think. Um, do you have one of our other pen Herons from ours? coming on Chris Stewart? Oh, I might get her. I think the new swimmers would be fun to have on. Um, I would love to see, you know, some of the older swimmers too. Um, There's a couple people that I met in Vermont. Well, Chris would know these too. And yeah, um, Pam Lads, Mm -hmm. who's 70. I mean, just a really nice perspective. You know, I'm really, you know, one for. I love all the young swimmers and stuff, but I really love like the older swimmers as well because they have such a great perspective on things. Marilyn Grace would be fabulous. Um, who swam Ontario? She was the first one to swim <coughs> to Ontario. She would be fabulous. I'll get in touch with her. Okay. <laughs> she she's amazing. She's amazing. So yeah, I'll get you in touch with some people. she we'll hook you up
4: thanks. <laughs> we'll is anyone, story. is anyone friends with Lynn Cox? I do know Lynn Cox. Yeah, I yeah. figured it might send her, I know she's on Facebook, like, once a quarter. Maybe <laughs> yeah. we can catch her this quarter. Yeah, and she would I'll do it. I'll send her a message. She totally yeah, like, would. Yeah, like, would do it, Daniela. That's a great,
1: that's a yeah, great I idea. a
4: Scar, and she just had, she explained, similar to what you were saying, like, swimming in the sink, she explained, like, her feelings of overcoming the lack of doing something that you love, which we're all feeling a little bit right now, and that—that um, that was her whole kind of spiel when when I was at Scar. Um, but it kind of hits so close to home now that maybe it's worth hearing again.
1: I think it's a great idea, and she would she would happily do that. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Well so, done, guys.
0: Hello there. This was actually the beginning of our episode with Louise, where we went around the room and met each other and shared book recommendations. So I thought if you were looking for some book recommendations, you might enjoy this, as well as hearing about everyone who was in the room when we met with Louise in April. Enjoy. So let's just go quick around and introduce yourself. And um, what should we do? Last, the last book that you read, you want to start, Louise? Louise. Just wow okay so um, okay. So I'm Louise Darlington. Oh maybe where you live that's a good one. Oh where I live. Okay. I live
1: in central Pennsylvania. For most people it's either Harrisburg or Hershey Pennsylvania. That's kind of where I live. I'm okay. in Elizabeth town but it's not Hershey and is. Harrisburg.
4: You know where that mm-hmm. is? I drove through there because we drove from Boston to Hershey and then back and I didn't follow directions like I should have. <laughs> and- Precisely. Yeah. that's how
1: people wind up in Elizabethtown. They get lost. So They're trying to go to Hershey and they get lost. But um, the last book I read, oh my gosh. That's really bad. I think it was a David Sedaris. I read a David Sedaris. I got in the airport. I can't remember. It was probably Calypso. Yeah. I love David Sedaris. That was the last one I read from fun to back. Very cool. You
0: Tag your like, but- next? Julie, you want to introduce? Hi, you? I'm from, um, or I'm living in Modesto, California, or near somewhere near there. <laughs> and, um, I just finished the book Whistling Past the Graveyard, and I cannot tell you the author, but it was in our book club book, and it's pretty good. So, Whistling Past the Graveyard—it's about—it's actually from the point of view of a nine-year-old girl. And some adventures of hers while she runs away. And somewhat dangerous adventures. <laughs> but she runs away from home. It's pretty cool.
1: That sounds amazing. <laughs> you know you guys are I'm a librarian too, so I could talk more about books sometimes than I can
0: about swimming. <laughs> <laughs> but but we're here for swimming. We'll get to books. <laughs> I won't digress. To do this. <laughs> All right, Chris. Can you introduce yourself
2: and where you
3: Um I'm Chris Grafe. I'm in Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts, which is uh one of the townlets here in Boston. Um and the last book I read was called The (laughs) Fifth I did look it up. (laughs) The first (laughs) fifteen the first fifteen lives of Harry August. Um it's Mm -hmm. a it's a there's this author named Claire North, um who if you haven't read anything by her is just phenomenal. Um writes a lot of books. It's sort of at the edge of science fiction. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, basically, it's about a guy who keeps reliving the same life over and over. And there's a whole bunch of basically people like that. They're called Kalachakra. They they just keep living the same life, but every time they get to do it a little differently. But it's kind of the same. So it's it's a little bit like Groundhog Day, but <laughs> there's intrigue and fascination.
1: Um, oh my gosh, you guys are going to have to share these titles with me.
3: Yeah, it's a, I love her so. Actually, the first book I read by her was called Touch, um, which I read in January and it's so appropriate for what we're going through right now just because it's sort of unthinkable. But the idea is that you could pass your consciousness and your whole soul through a body just by touching it. So Mm -hmm. people shift and change bodies all the time. Um, Just like walking through a crowd. Um, Not everybody, but certain, again, certain part of the population can do that. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a really, she's, she's wonderful, but um, yeah, that's my, my book story.
0: Daniela, can you introduce yourself? I might
4: have nightmares about soul stealers now. Um, oh, you
3: will. It it's great stuff.
4: So I, too, for the next two week week and a half, um, I live in Jamaica Plain, and I live down the street kind of from Chris, and I'm not going to live in Jamaica Plain at the end of this month, um, but I'm moving to Watertown, so it's still really close. Um, The last book, it's the book I'm currently almost done with, and I don't read books. I listen to them um, because then I can run and listen to my books. It's called Heartland, um, A Memoir of Working Hard and Being Broke in the Richest Country on Earth, Mm -hmm. and it's by Sarah Smarsh, and it's actually really good. It's just like the story of her growing up in rural Kansas and um, how everything from the courts to, like, literally everything um, is kind of built around screwing over people that are impoverished um, like to be able to get a lot of the benefits you need an address and for someone who's trying to get away from like a domestic violence situation with your kid that the courts don't want to give to you because you don't have an address to be able to hire a lawyer because you don't have money like it's like that's her whole life it's like it's kind of an explanation of working hard to keep your kids out of poverty but how like social um injustice and economic injustice just kind of like does the loop over and over again, generation after generation. So
2: it's heartbreaking, but very good.
4: Huh. Highly
2: recommend. <laughs> um, Jocelyn, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jocelyn. I live in Ashland, Oregon, Southern Oregon, near Shannon. And um, I'm actually currently reading, well, I'm not actually reading it. The author is reading it. Oh. Do you mind? The science behind having in here on under the water makes us more connected happier better at what we do more creative um, all the anyway so we're on chapter 8 and he reads it every night on Facebook live on dr. Wallace J Nichols so this um, is my current book, and I've read it multiple times and always find something new in it and uh, that's it <laughs>
3: That sounds amazing.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. I've uh, that's my next one. I just finished uh the Man versus Ocean. I was reading Adam Walker's book. And I hadn't um read that before. Uh I was uh, what was I Every, I just I was on a little like swimming themed <laughs> book reading for a <laughs> while. But uh, Blue Minds is my next one, Justin great um was graceful enough to give me a coffee copy, so. Um, I think most of you know me, I'm Shannon, and just down the street, well, down the street, t- technically, like, six miles from <laughs> from Jocelyn and Talent, Oregon, and um, I'm really glad you're all here, so thanks for coming. Hopefully, you get your friends to come, and um, we'll keep doing this on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, next, on Thursday, I think Kate Howell's going to be on in mm-hmm. um, San Francisco, and yeah. um, and Chris is going to be our guest star next week, so we get to find out Chris. And if you know anyone else you want to recommend to be a guest, let me know. Oh, that's actually the last question for you, Louise. But we'll we'll do it. We'll get started on your questions. But the last one for you is, who can you recommend? Oh, and I'm also in search of a a new uh, a name, a better name. If anybody can think of a better name for
2: <laughs> for this, well, I, I thought I was thinking like something about like swimmers connect or something, something using connect or. Ah, yeah. Like
0: I thought about like meet the swimmer. I don't know. Anyway, we'll keep thinking on it. If something comes up, you can always just let me know. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual efficient swimming basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.